0: welcome everybody you've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy coach go
1: i am the cartel i am hydrated and i'm gonna need to be hydrated because it's gonna be a ranty episode of uh. crotchety cardboard coaches
0: and for those of you wondering where I've been at, I was actually in the Bahamas for a week. And that's probably why I forgot our intro, to be honest, because I don't think I've ever started with welcome. It's usually what's going on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I noticed like halfway in, but I couldn't pull the eject button right away. You got, you know?
1: you got Bahama brain. I've heard about this. It's,
0: uh, let me tell you, it's there's a lot two, warmer. There's two
1: versions. One is like a tapeworm. Then there's your version where you're just a little hazy.
0: It's a lot warmer.
1: Yeah, I was. Unless you have a tapeworm, I don't
0: know. Absolutely stunned when I got off that plane at how cold it was here.
1: Where's the Where's the tan, Coach go? Uh,
0: you know it's somewhere there. You know it's uh, the problem is, and I've, I was actually asked this all my lives this morning. Is like I have a big floodlight like right over here. Oh right. Yes, and so it makes me look at that glow. It makes me look. Uh, I would say ninety nine point nine percent paler than I actually am.
1: Right, because I think we both have pretty high pale percentages to begin with. That's correct. You'll only see me with a little color coming back from Miami here and there. Heyo, Miami.
0: Team, today we're going to be talking about a much-anticipated debut of uh, a hockey product. For Christ's sakes, finally, Series 1 is finally upon us. It came out on Wednesday. We're recording on a Saturday, so we've got Four days worth of data and experiences and videos and all these things to talk about, uh, including the cartel's personal experience, which we'll hear from later on. Um, The big hits of this product include the likes of Trevor Zegras, seemingly the um, unofficial face of the NHL in terms of personality. Um, we've also got Jeremy Swayman, who is the arguably the Boston Bruins' number one goalie. Cole Caulfield, last year's playoff hero for the Montreal Canadiens, um, among some other pretty good prospects. Uh
1: Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers.
0: Spencer Knight, future, uh, I'm sure, starting goalie and 1A, 1B tandem on the Florida Panthers. I knew you had to mention the Florida Panthers. You had to mention
1: the Panthers
0: at least once per episode. So you ripped this product already. Um, I have not. I actually had the choice to do so today and didn't. And I can kind of talk about why. But I want your experience and then we'll go from there.
1: Well, uh, I, I mean, when we talk about experience, I've just opened one hobby box. I have maybe a few others to get through. Uh, I'll do that slowly. Um, pretty typical upper deck experience. I always feel like I have some sort of fake advantage the earlier I rip. Um, you know what a lot of experienced collectors that have been doing this for a little while have, in my opinion, is they have a 2015 through 2017 hangover. Back in the day, it just seemed like you were always hitting product was always available. It's a different world now. Uh, that being said, uh, my, my box was nothing to write home about, but let's talk about some specifics here. Uh, photography and design are not exceptionally mind-blowing, but even the upper deck baseline for photography and design is pretty good. I think you'd have to admit, um, I did notice that there are still French variations. See, I haven't written up. I, I haven't read up on the product write-up, but I do know apparently there's a lot of Easter eggs, which they've been doing the last few years quite a bit. Uh, some variations here and there, the French variations I've seen on the young guns. Now, if they do still have the French variations on the base cards, it's a little bit more difficult this year because they don't have the team name on the front. So there's nothing indicating what would be in English or in French. It's just the name. Mm. Right. Um, but I did uh, uh, I did notice that there are still French variations um, inserts. It's it's these typical series one insert sets. I, I they're very busy designs. They're very um, uh, font written type designs that that are not uh, that exciting to me. And then they have their own parallels. Just a lot of a lot more chances to get insert cards of some of these popular rookies. Are so there, pulled, are they numbered? Uh, the parallels are.
0: Okay, that's, of that's pretty cool. All right, I think that's a first for
1: you know recent upper deck product, and and the portraits are some kind of strange design where it's got some sort of thermal. I don't know what it is. If you turn it, it looks one one way. Turn it the other way, it's it's quite a um, what's what's the best term for it? It's an ambitious design for a an annual subset for for portraits. Um. The Young Guns, I, I, I think a lot of people were criticizing uh, the checklist, I think, just because there was this expectation and there was so much time that passed. So you have some insight on that. But the reality is, in terms of the value right now, uh, this wasn't the case last year. I mean, last year was pretty much in Series 1, you're, you're just chasing Laffey. Uh, there were some other you know supportive Young Guns, but you're, you're looking for some hits that are selling enough to justify your box purchase if you're hitting them right now. And of course, you really shouldn't be trying to buy these cards right away uh, during the first couple weeks of release. Maybe trading for them, uh, maybe trying to obtain them other ways. But you know, they're 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 selling at very high value. I didn't hit any of the big the biggies. Uh, I got a base uh, clear cut, uh, no exclusives. Uh, that's something that I'm noticing ever since extended, in particular, uh, or maybe even series two of 2021. Used to be back in the day, you were guaranteed getting exclusives of at least the base card in every hobby box. I'm just not seeing that anymore. Uh, so I walked away without anything numbered uh, in my box. Um, 150 bucks, generally speaking, is the price that we're seeing. You think back a few years, Upper Deck Series One would be debuting anywhere between 75 and 100. Again, it's it is a different it is a different time that we are in. And I guess that's why you have to apply that to the young guns values, right? Because you're paying more to get in yeah. Uh quality control, Brendan. Look, uh, people have heard this from me enough. Um, it just seems to get worse year after year, especially with the blip we had last year with the printing press that created rounded corners. Now I didn't see any rounded corners here, but I did see plenty of cards coming out of the pack damaged. You can't really say enough about that when you're buying a brand new product. It's a very minimal expectation from the one company producing hockey cards that everything is going to be generally clean. I'm not saying you're getting a pack full of Gem Mint cards. That, no. that should not be a guarantee. But damage is damage. And then you're looking at the, down the, the, the path of having to send you know, tracked, shipped items back to Upper Deck at your cost, waiting for their reply, waiting for their response and turnaround times. That's not fun um it, it's it's especially inexcusable given what pops has been doing lately their their, their quality control has been fantastic series one especially i've known i've opened retail i've opened hobby they're doing a great job um panini kind of up in the air as, as usual but i just have these high expectations for upper deck that have not been met uh, the last few years unfortunately so that's all i can tell you so far
0: i mean that's some some valuable info already from someone who's actually ripped a box. Now I did yeah. mention that I had the option to rip a box today, and I was actually at my local card shop today. And I thought about it. I thought long and hard about it. Um, the the price was one hundred and fifty dollars plus tax. Um, and you Which
1: know, no in, in Canada that's like an additional fifty dollars. Like, like this additional-
0: is like that's the going rate for a box now. Um, and I understand, right? And like as you mentioned, you know, you hit a Zegris, you hit a Caulfield, like you should be good, you know. Um, but number one, a lot of the people that I'm seeing ripping boxes are ripping and and hitting, and no disrespect to what you received, but they're hitting a Zegris or a Caulfield, which leads me to believe like how rare are these cards going to be long term? um and i've also seen in a few instances the cards come out with really kind of buggered up edges um and like like almost bite marks Uh, and again like that speaks to what you were talking about in terms of quality control and i remember last year the first release of series one was also really bad and to my knowledge, the first release of Extended as well was not great. And I, I, in my head, and I mean, I don't know if I'm just losing it because these days I tend to like overthink everything in the market. But um, I, I have it in my head that the first off the line stuff is just not that great. Like, I, In terms of like, you have the ability to hit a card before anyone else does, which is awesome. Um, you also have the ability to sell if you're planning on selling and you hit one of those young guns and, you know, maybe in some cases be profitable, but I just don't know if the utmost care goes into the first of the line stuff. I don't know if it gets better. I feel like in my head last year, it did get better because right. I, I, and I don't know if that's because I just stopped hearing people bitch about the product and it was just normal after that.
1: Or Wait. it, in fact, did get better, you know? Well, there's there's two debatable things that I actually feel the same way you do. I, I feel the same way that perhaps those early pressings give them an opportunity to improve upon it. Although if they did improve upon it in the, 19, uh, the 2021 Series 1 hobby, it took them quite a long time to do so, if that's the case. Because for me, I thought I was seeing, for example, Tins had young guns with sharp corners. Hobby and retail boxes did not. That's just something I was observing. Now, the second debatable issue is I'm pretty sure that they load the front end. You want to load the front end to get hype going. So that may play into what you're seeing with all these hits. But the other thing though, Brendan, we have to remember you're getting exposed to so much content on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. yeah. That it may it might seem that way. Go like, oh, everybody seems to be pulling. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. This might be the volume of breaks that you're seeing or yes, this I- concept. That's the and not to,
0: not to mention, if someone hits something, it's probably more likely to get comments, which I means mean, more I, likely I, to get views, and it's yeah, more likely to get. I didn't
1: up. post my bad box.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean that that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense.
1: But 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 there but that's not to say there isn't a reality there. Yeah. There may be a reality there of loading up the front end, and again, it it starts conversations that we maybe don't want to go down in terms of the availability of young guns. So far, young guns have been able to kind of sidestep this concept of high volume, particularly when it comes to population reports of slabs. Um, they are unique from the other type of base that gets crapped on, like prison, because of the fact that there's no guarantees. It's six per box. There's 50 in the set. But the populations are still up there. But again, the hockey hobby is a very passionate, cultish sector of the hobby there is a demand for mcdavid rookie cards even if there are tens of hundreds of thousands right and that's and that's, that's part funny. of it people talk about all these wander Francos. it's not like we're we're hurting for the number of hockey rookie cards available and that's kind of part of it too to be
0: honest where i was like for 150 bucks i can get either a graded like a, like a stud like an actual like yeah. a guy who's got oh. serious potential like I could get like a Brayden point PSA 10 potentially for 150 bucks. Like, you know what I mean? For
1: 150 bucks in person, you can find yourself a Caprazov from last year, determine yourself that it's in pretty good shape, shoot it off to get graded a PSA nine and you have a three, $400 card PSA 10, you got a even bigger card, but yeah, you can get a Caprazov for the price of one of these hobby boxes. You know, and and, I just, I find, find it
0: very difficult to buy product right now, like, like across the board, you know, like it's, it's such a crap shoot. And, um, just, I mean, obviously hockey is not basketball, but like just looking at basketball and like so many of those players that like everyone was saying are going to be the next ones, or even if they weren't saying like, they're going to be the next ones, they were like the big hits of their products. So many of them, had a massive downturn at some point. And in my head, I'm like, why rip when I can just buy that guy if I really want him at a discount when inevitably like the influx hits the market. Do you know what I mean? Like and, and yeah, it's it's against the spirit of ripping and it's against the, you know, but well, I collect what I like though. Like it's, I it's
1: great, it's great advice. It's hard advice to stick to. For a lot of people. Not for but me. It's great <laughs> um, I know. But here's the thing. So I, I like to be the devil's advocate in the middle. Yeah. Where because we all like to rip. It's a big part of the hobby. Yeah. It is. It's it my earliest memories are not grading cards. Yeah. My yeah, earliest yeah. Memory, memories are not determining if I want to buy this for my PC. As a as a seven-year-old, my earliest member, my earliest member, my earliest memory. I hope I had a member earlier before than seven. I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know what
0: happened. Pack. I don't need to know what happened. We're good,
1: bro. History of the cartel. I'm opening a pack and I'm getting a Wayne Gretzky card in my OPG pack. And I'm excited. That's my earliest memory. So you can't get away from it. That said, you got to be smart about it because it's the fastest way to find yourself a hole in this hobby. Uh, members and holes, Brendan. Um, it's the fastest way to hurt yourself is with sealed products. So the idea is if if I'm going to break, for example... I want some other benefits coming out of it, you know, like the fact that I'm able to get a hold on a product and see what the nuances are, see what the elements of that product are. Anyone should be interested in doing that just for educational purposes each year. So if I'm cracking one to two boxes of upper deck product per year and I tend to focus on series one, um, although series two comes with its added benefits of things like inserts of rookie cards, but nonetheless, Um, You're getting information about the product. You're getting awareness about the product that will aid you in grading or buying, buying it raw or graded. Uh, Same thing in in other sports as well. Um, And retail is becoming a little bit more accessible, which is great. I was even ripping some retail WWE Chrome recently because I just didn't have access to it in the past. Right. And you want to see what's going on. You want to see what's going on with tops products. How are they handling different properties? And the way to do that is either through breaks, which again, we've talked about the necessity of breaks, despite the fact that so many douchebags are are involved in them. Um, There's a necessity there. And there's a necessity into every once in a while getting into opening sealed product. But there are people I know where their collecting experience and their hobby experience or their business or investing experience is all based around ripping, which is, man, super, super risky. I think part of me was also heard up. Big
0: risk. I also think part of me was also hurt up because I was expecting this big checklist. Um, when you know it's taken so long to yeah.
1: essentially yeah. get on, on but, you, but, you, um, but you have to understand their reasoning. For one, no, of no and I,
0: I for sure I do, I do. But it, it still, it still rubs me the wrong way. You know, when like a guy like Quinton Byfield who was drafted, what, second, third overall, like two years ago, still hasn't made a debut in the product. Do you know what I mean? Like, and again, I get it, but like holding off just makes me more upset. Like there are guys like some of the most notable rookies of this year that are playing right this second are not present in this product. You know what I mean? Like if you look at the top five lists of rookies, I mean, and you exclude Michael Bunting because he's 26 years old, although he did debut just recently in extended
1: Bunting um, was extended. Yeah. And I've been wasting some money chasing him. I'll admit to that.
0: Yeah. And so it, it's like, I, I understand. I do. It's a business and you want to make sure that the, that the product's not too loaded so that you can continue to sell boxes in future products,
1: not have series two sales, you know?
0: for sure it it still upsets me though because if i if i look at like a checklist like 2016 series one like bro 2016 17 series one was ridiculous and like it doesn't look like they held back anything do you know what i mean like
1: yeah and, and i can't say it enough their their quality control because they knew those 15 16 16 17 were such monumental releases they did such a great job promoting it in and around the expo, which unfortunately they weren't able to do with their last couple of reasons. I say unfortunately because of last year. I don't say unfortunately this year. This is on them. Yeah. Right? Am I being harsh? I mean, I no, think it's I on them. I mean, I don't think, so. think you had 15, a- ample, 16, ample time,
0: time seven, so seven. much time.
1: Quality control, fantastic. Consistency, fantastic. Checklist, fantastic. Right? Even better now. A lot of people used to criticize 1560. Are you kidding me? You think you're just looking for Connor in Series One? Well, at this point, if you're if you're paying top dollar, you are. But if yeah. back in the day, you were exposed to Larkin, Rantanen, Panarin. Don't get me started on 1516. But yeah. the you know what I mean, and
0: like that's a loaded yeah. checklist, right? Like, and it's yeah. not like, I mean, I find myself looking at Series One, and I'm like, okay, like Jeremy Swayman's going for a hundred bucks. I'm like, I don't I remember mean, the last time. I know.
1: And the process of trying to make up for the checklist, in my opinion, is this whole concept with the Easter eggs and things like that, which are so hard to hit, so hard to hit. And there was an excellent point made by an account that, of course, I don't remember the name. I want to give them credit. I reposted their story, but they were talking about the fact that, you know, I noticed the other day at an LCS that it is more than $100 of a delta difference between 1920 Series 1 retail at this point. And by the way, I was giving people a heads up on series one 1920 hobby a long time ago on this podcast when it was back around what? 125 bucks. It's now two fifty. Okay. Now you can buy the retail for over a hundred dollars less. And what's the difference, Brendan, you're not going to get your exclusives and high gloss. Here's a question. Were you getting them anyway? No. So get your series one, get your chances at the Hughes brothers at Adam Fox in a retail setting for a lot less. I mean, you're still guaranteed six young guns, you know, like,
0: I don't know. And it's funny because I remember when I ripped, um, I think it might've been like 2020 series one. And, uh, I think I grabbed the retail and you're like, Oh, like, why did you grab the retail? And I'm like, I, I don't know, you know, like I, I I just don't see the difference between hobby and retail. And that's because I didn't get a chance to rip those earlier boxes that were that had so much extra stuff in it like legitimate yeah. extra stuff not like a green dazzler or you know what i mean like yeah i don't i don't give a shit about a green dazzler if i'm being entirely honest with you you know what i mean yeah. like
1: yeah well yeah, i mean look it, it's uh, until you hit that big high gloss or exclusives which is very rare you you're almost at an advantaged position brendan because you don't have that stupidity in your mind yeah. where you're like, I'm going to get this gigantic hit. Yeah. Okay, you're not going to get your clear cuts. You know what clear cut? I got, I got a base clear cut. I got Matt Zuccarello in my, you know, that's what wound up happening with my attempt at getting the big hits in the hobby. Last so year, I
0: got a Kasperi in base,
1: you know, like I'm like, wow, a $5 card. Don't look, reason- now, okay, I understand the hype at the beginning and you want to go for that. And like I say, I think they do front load. And I do think that a city like Toronto, I'm just, look, I'm not giving you facts. I'm giving you my, my thoughts here, but a city like Toronto does wind up with a lot of front-loaded product. I do believe. Um, And after a little time, you have to ask yourself, is it worth, like, you're going to see this divide grow from retail and hobby as time goes on. Is it really worth latching onto the hobby down the line? Because when you go, when I go to the LCS, I have some options still. I have I have some options from 1718. I don't want to go there, but you know there are some options. 1920 st- series one st- sticking around. Series two has has disappeared. Uh, extended is very cheap. Uh, extended is worth going for the hobby because it's cheap anyway. You yeah. might as well. But yeah, and
0: uh, yeah, I mean you get like a clear cut there. You're I mean, and, you, and there's so many variations in extended. They have like the retro. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a fun rep.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, for, for for ninety bucks right now, and the fact that bunting has prospered, and they, they have
0: just, the full they, just, they have the full rookies like, albeit as like retros, but like still yeah. they have like everybody yeah. from the set. You know, I, I find that could be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and and hockey's cool that way because in two three years, a lot of the young guns that you're putting aside and just putting into some shoe boxes from 1920, 2021 20, that aren't doing much right now, they're going to ascend. Some of them will, you're going to see situations like Troy Terry. You're going to see situations like Mangiapane. You, you will see those, those happen. Um, but 1920 series one retail, man, why, why am I paying hundred to 150 more for the hobby? I'm still going to get a good shot. Fox comes out with uh, Jack a lot, by the way. So you hit one of those boxes. You're, you're singing. You're laughing. Um, so yeah. And, and, and you still have the shot at the canvas. Um, so a lot of people loved that 1920 series one that they, they were pulling Macar canvas. I'll never forget my retail one of my first 1516 retails where not only I, did I hit Connor but I got the Jack Eichel canvas. That's Crazy. exciting stuff. That's doable. Yeah, that's doable. Right? Yeah. So, anyways, Brendan, let's move on uh, to uh, I was going to say to something more positive, but it's not technically more positive, although it has to do with what I call the cult of positivity. Okay. And this is kind of one of those, the simplistic way of looking at this is if you don't want to look at something, avert your gaze. If you don't want to see something on television, turn the channel. And so what I'm talking about specifically is this movement in the hobby. And uh, when I'm criticizing a movement, please be careful here. There are people that may be expressing these opinions that I genuinely like and respect and talk to. And then there may be some people expressing these opinions that I know a lot about that I'd like to backhand. Uh, into oblivion to never hear a hot take from them again. But the reality is I'm seeing all this. Let's stay positive, bro. Well, yeah, of course, by staying positive, we, we, uh, we encourage a nice positive environment and we keep a safe space for our investments, right? If we talk about the negative, we talk about the scams, the fraud, we are possibly doing a disservice. I, I don't really buy that anymore because I don't see any, the hobby taking hits because someone is talking about, something that happened historically or a fake case of Pokemon that has GI Joe's in it. I don't see the Pokemon has the Pokemon market t- taken a hit. I don't, or, I don't know enough about people, the Pokemon
0: market to speculate on that, but I don't think it has
1: to be honest. Or, 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 or Brendan have more people shown up at shops asking about Pokemon as a result of it. Okay. So I'm not fully buying this concept that if we speak negatively, it shall affect our investments. It's gotta be like news on a big level that very rarely escapes our little bubble. And the only, the only news that escapes our little bubble is Fanatics is evaluated at 50 billion, okay? The news that escapes our bubble is record-breaking sale at Golden and Heritage. Who bought it? Was it official? We'll never know because it's up, on, it's up in the media that we all know and love and trust, right? But our bubble contains a lot of the quote-unquote negativity. And I'm here to tell you that that's important. It's important to call people. Card porn is important, whatever you feel about them. We recently discussed the fact that I went from like card porn fanboy number one to a guy who's kind of like just scratching his chin and tolerating them. But I will never be one of those people that shows up on their page or on someone else's page saying, get rid of card porn. They're nothing but negativity. I don't want to read about the hobby drama. Hobby drama is calling attention to people that have done things to other people, by the way, in in this world where we disregard the victims. In so many ways, all over I, the world. I also find we like disregard
0: reality. You know, like yes, I, I sure. I, and and I've had and I've had people tell me that they come into the hobby to escape from real life, and I can get behind that. But like inevitably, things that happen in real life will carry over into the hobby. You know, that's that's like, it. that, that so is. That so you can't just pretend. You can't right? just pretend that we're living in candyland and that oh. like. You Everything know. is is beautiful, and like if you happen to touch, you know, a flower, and that flower disappears, and you're like, "Oh, that was that was weird," and they're like, "No, no, 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 there was never a flower there to begin with," you know. So deep, uh, it's um, it's an interesting place, and actually, it's quite dystopic if we're if we're not allowed to talk about the bad stuff, you know. It it sounds like every book. I've ever read in, in high school or elementary school where like you walk, like, walk with blinders on through yeah. like through yeah. your city and say, no, say nothing, hear nothing, see yes. nothing, you know? And that's, yes. I don't think that's how we run our podcast. That's not how I run my goddamn life.
1: Right. And,
0: um, Right. I mean I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's nobody in our pockets right
1: now. You know, that's a big that's, sure. that's a big we're, a big part, right? We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Look, exposure to the realities of the world and the parallels in the hobby produce anxiety and stress, I understand. You've hit several nails on the head there. You cannot just put blinders on. You cannot ignore it. Now that said, With all this stuff happening in the world, of course, the hobby is an escape. You want to get to the the root of the matter? I would not be here. I'm pretty sure you and I would not be doing this without all the stress and aggravation that's happened in the world. I came to Instagram to escape that. You You can check my first ever post on my feed and you will line it up to what was happening in this province, in this country. Okay, so it is an escape. And I'm sure you'll agree with me. Okay, Brendan, I don't want to sign on to IG and start seeing political stuff on people's stories and 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 racially sensitive stuff or yeah. or any sensitive type of stuff because it is an escape. That said, hobby issues are hobby issues related to what I am signing on for. I have the most respect for people talking about the touchiest stuff in the hobby. There's not enough of them. I'm literally telling you there's not enough card porn sites. There's people who want to get rid of card porn. I want more card porn. I want more porn in general. But anyway, The point is, um, people need to be discussing some of these matters. It becomes more and more important with the fact that every day there's a wave of new collectors that don't know anything. I meet them personally. I know them. I listen to them. I hear their questions. I hear their wonderings. And it makes it even more important to me to get that information out there so that people know. Okay, it's not all roses in the hobby. It's not all big hits. It's not like, think about the material you're exposed to when you become a new collector. Here's what we just hit this million dollar card out of the break. Well, I'm going to go do some breaks. This card just quadrupled in value. Well, I'm going to go buy some cards because they're all going to quadruple in value. You know, every time is so good looking. He's a comeback card collector. Well, you're not that good looking, but you think you are. Every time I I
0: post of uh, something about a big card that was ripped, the first thing people ask is, what can I rip that King that has a card like that left in it? It's almost like they think that I have a checklist of all the big cards <laughs> that are left,
1: you know? Right.
0: And not I'll only tell you that. products That
1: haven't had the one of ones pulled yet. And not, I mean, not only that get it when you buy it, but uh, the fact that
0: all you care about is like, which ones are left doesn't matter what sport doesn't matter. The design doesn't matter the year. All you want to know is which one can I rip that has the potential to to, to me to get that.
1: Yeah. And if someone is only concerned about that sort of thing and only concerned about money, let's just run down the list really quick, please. Because there's a guy on YouTube who has the name that literally contains all of this. It's sports card collector, dealer, investor, right? So, I don't care which one you are. I respect you. If you want to just do this for money, that's fine. But let's say someone wants to just do this to, for money to support their family, to support themselves, whatever it is, they are going to still be exposed to these nasty pitfalls. Yeah. Obviously, we have more sensitivity and more sympathy for the poor collector that gets hurt. Of course, right? Because they're the ones that that are just actually they want to just do something here and they're going to get taken advantage of. Um, man, navigating this space when you're new and then trusting and seeing all these companies that have popped up the last few years, you're going to send them, you're going to break with them. You're going to send them your cards to grade. You're going to do all this stuff. And then they could just up and leave. They could double charge you. They could switch your card. They could do a million things to you. You are putty in their hands. And all I want to try to do, it's not all I want to do, it's not all I'm sure you want to do, Co, but you do want a portion of it to be to help those people. Yeah, for sure. I help mean, I guide and inform and educate. So, speaking of guiding and informing and educating, I, 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 we do keep bringing up a lot of the same people, but look, pertinent is pertinent. You know, Patrick Ryan, uh, who was recently attacked about the ticket pumping and dumping, we'll get to that. Even saying that is so unfair to him because it brings him to pumping and dumping, which I don't, which he was not doing. It's ridiculous. In my opinion. He's someone who's talked about, he, he will call things out, but lately he's saying, look, let's get a little bit more positive. That, that's fine because the idea is when I turn on the social media machine, I want to be positive. I'm coming in with positivity. I want to show some stuff off. I want to talk about some, some, some positive things. But then, you, you know, you're also being exposed to other stuff and I have a right to commentary. With, right? with respect. It's not, just, it's not just people's feeds. It's sometimes in, in the messages. It's sometimes in responses. You know what I mean? With respect to him talking about making
0: things more positive, it, One thing that I like about him specifically is that although he has been talking about like positivity in the hobby, it's not a blanket. It's not like a, ve- like a veil. It's not an attempt to hide. It's instead he says that that positivity comes through education because then you realize, I mean, the more educated you are, the less likely that the negativity will actually happen. You know what I mean? Like if you're more aware of like some of these breakers, if you're more aware of the past, then then you're more likely to not fall victim to some of these things, right? So even, and with respect to the tickets, he's been talking about, you know, him selling these tickets. And in some cases, he's even said like, hey, listen, this actually, I wouldn't encourage anyone to continue buying it or or bidding any higher than this, because I think this is probably the max for this ticket. And to your point, talking about, you know, some of the, the pillars of the hobby that people know about, I mean, let's take two seconds to talk about PSA's inception, for instance. Like the first card that PSA ever graded was a trimmed Honus Wagner, and the guy who submitted it was—he went to court. He was actually tried in court. Well, the guy for went shillbitty. to prison. Bill, 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 pardon? He went to prison. He, like Bill Mastro went to prison because he was it was fraudulent behavior. So like, I mean, I'm not saying that like, that PSA necessarily was tied to that, but like, that's part of their history. So anyone so, yeah. who's saying undeniably that like PSA yeah. is the greatest, always was the greatest, blah 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 blah, yeah, like
1: so. So okay. I, I don't wanna, I don't want to interrupt you at, at this at this point, but I am be- because be- because the whole Patrick Ryan thing, I don't want to mix him up too okay. much with what yeah, we're, yeah. what we're now getting into, right? Because here's so this was the irony, this was the ridiculousness. Patrick Ryan is generally not who I'd say is like the most positive guy on the face of the planet. He's by by the way one of the few accounts I've liked. And enjoyed and trusted and respected more and more as time has gone up because usually it goes the other way yeah someone I, I respected and trusted made a move or got sponsored by someone that was really disappointing this is the opposite this guy just builds it builds it builds he is absolutely an educator I saw no evidence of pumping or dumping all I saw was someone passionate about a sector of the hobby that he thought needed a little bit more of a spotlight and then he gets called out Right around the time he starts talking about being positive, and this is the danger of being positive, in my opinion, he starts to get called out as a as a as someone who is involved, uh, you know, in some off offhand way because they were really talking about Darren Revell, about the tickets, and 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 you, look, this ties into what you're saying about PSA because there are these obvious examples of comp- of fraudulent behavior, scamming of people that are still in the hobby who were doing this in the '90s, decades ago, and we put them on a pedestal. And now you're going to attack people like Patrick Ryan, who look at the breadth of his stories and his content. And i i will I will challenge anyone to a debate. Get on a podcast, anyone's podcast, and show me how he's pumping and dumping. He it's literally, ridiculous. he
0: literally does like hour long
1: Instagram lives.
0: I'm just showing off the cool stuff in his collection. And, like, and literally- by the
1: way, this guy didn't end up on, on, uh, with courtside seats and at the Super Bowl yeah. doing yeah. nothing. This yeah. is a busy guy who takes yeah. the time out of his day to do these lives that are tremendously entertaining and informative. And this is a, he's doing a lot more than a lot of these guys, sit, these breakers that sit around in their basement or these, uh, these people running quote-unquote businesses. This guy's busy. And, and, he, and, he, and he takes the time into that. Mind you, now, now there's also a class of influencer with a lot of following, with a lot of information. They have the information, but now they don't want you to talk about that negative stuff. They don't want to talk to you about trimming. They don't want to talk to you about the history of PSA or the history of Golden, right? I mean, ma- Mastro, Mastro,
0: Mastro ran an auction house, bro. Like, like
1: one of the most prominent that is, that, auction houses. That is, you essence know? Of, yeah. that is the essence of collusion Yeah. And, syst- and systemic fraud is, you know, look, there's no faster way to get this done than either creating a grading company or getting in with a grading company and associating that with an auction house, either one that exists or a fairly new one. The old ones, Heritage and Golden, the new ones, PWCC Probstein, new relatively. The grading companies, the old ones, PSASGC, the new ones, HGA, these, these people who decided to wake up one day. By the way, is it, is it me or is there like a family running a lot of these new grading services that also include VHS? I don't know why I don't just put it out there, but it seems like there's a family connection of these people that just decided. They're collectors. They have a lot of this stuff. I'm going to start a grading company under, under what authority? I don't know. Under what pedigree? I don't know. You have a lot of them. You're obviously going to make a lot of money doing this.
0: You know, I actually had someone tell me uh, like probably six months ago that they wanted to start a grading company. And I slowly, but surely stopped communicating with them because I was (laughs) like, I was like, who are you to think that, that you should have this responsibility? You know, like, honestly, though, like straight up, who are you to think that you can do a better job? Who yeah. are you to think that that your eye, that anyone really gives a fuck about what your opinion is of,
1: of this card? Yeah. Like- and, and technically speaking, if you're not Beckett, if you're not SGC or PSA, um, the only company that's, that's, that's come up in the last couple of years, they, they already existed. It's called CSG. Yeah. They, they hired people with the background. They have the pedigree, but they were also grading. They were grading organization that already grading comic books already, though, right? Like I would trust. I would trust that group of people, the CGC, CSG people, to grade VHS tapes more than a random dude who may possibly. i have not confirmed this. Have family that's also grading other things. I would much rather trust them. With that. Now, I want to throw out one last thing when it comes to this sort of thing, Brendan, and, you know, because we're supposed to be positive. What if there is an organization that I feel so strongly about and I have nothing positive to say? Okay, so there is a gathering coming up. I can't even remember the date. Maybe I'm screwing this up. Maybe it's going to be any day now. Mm, I think it might be. I think it might be any day now, dude. This gathering is is a gathering of exactly the type of of organizations and individuals that we've been talking about today. I I want you to think of this. When people come together the last two years in this hobby to create an organization, to create concepts such as fractional investment, you think that they're sitting around the boardroom table and there is a boardroom table because there's big money involved. Do you think that the, the way that the meeting starts is how can we assign the best value and the best potential for the average collector? Or do you think they're sitting down and the way the meeting starts is, here's how we can make the most effing money, okay? And this is a gathering of those individuals that start meetings that way. In companies that have either already started floundering or are questionable. They're misspelling words that already exist, creating their own words and making a company out of it. They're hiring people with suspect backgrounds to begin with. I'm proud of the hobby. For completely, almost ignoring yeah. the, the, the reappearance of one, of, of one individual who was the head of PSA and oversaw PSA during its most egregiously ridiculous period of time, you know, leading up to the lockdown. And much like it, the, 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 they're probably there's probably a better NHL example. And, you, and please stop me and interrupt me if you have one. But it's like if you've been with the Leafs at any point in the last 10 years and you've been released and then you like immediately get a job somewhere else, that's an example of the cronyism and old boy system that does exist in the hobby where it doesn't matter that you sucked at what you did and the company sucked and hurt people and clients while you were overseeing it, we're gonna hire you and, and, and expect something different and, and put you on a pedestal and talk about how great you are. Well, but how, uh, how do you have that
0: conversation without talking about their background? You know, does that make right? sense? Like imagine well, you, you were in it. a job like interview. you said, you ignore it. Imagine you, re- you were in a job interview, okay? Let's say you were in a job interview and, at, and at, like that you're applying for a sanitation engineer. Like, like, or like someone who works at a, a water, a water plant, let's say that. Okay. And your job is to, you know, make sure that the water is clean to drink and you were fired from your last job because you actually poisoned the water. Like how does that water, how does that company hire you? Like, how does that new company hire they, they you? They just look at, they just look at the first line. And just pretend was, you that you, didn't, you didn't do that before. They're, they're, you pretend that you're like, oh, you say you're not going to do it again? All right. You know what? We're going to, because you have experience in this field, we're going to take you on. Okay. And uh, I do truly believe you're never going to do this again. I know that you poisoned the water, but that's okay. You know, we're, yep. we're, we're, we're just going to talk about the fact that you have 10 years of experience and not the... The the three months that you chose to poison the water, don't you worry.
1: So there's entire companies and there's entire, uh, there's entire companies and organizations that are devoted to the concept and and agencies that are devoted to the concept of cleaning up someone's, um, someone's look, cleaning up how someone is presented to an industry. So it's a whole thing, you know, we're being told who our hobby representatives are. if you look closely, it's disgusting. Um, now, the, 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 the extra crappy part of this is the fact that a lot of good people get tied up in it because, look, the goodness rises to the, the cream rises to the top no matter what. And the fact of the matter is the shady people are going to want to glom on to the people that were here before this lockdown era that people were enjoying. And you see that in the form of really cool people that are being sponsored by really not cool Organizations, and sadly, until one is in a position where they're having the money waved in their face, I'm not going to judge people on it. Yeah, it is this concept. Oh, they're still cool people. Yeah, yeah. but you know, that's a whole that's a whole moral issue. But that this is what these companies do. What these companies do is they glom onto people with good reputations. It's the same. It's the same thing you see when a company's caught with their pants down, and then they want to do an initiative for for a child's charity. When you see that stuff right away, you should, you should bring your eyebrow up and say to yourself, what is the deal? They're doing an initiative for a child's charity. Well, that's really nice. That's really cool and everything, but you go a little deeper. And what you find is nine times out of 10, they're doing that to cover up something unsightly. And uh, we just need to be aware of that. And we need to talk about it. And I don't want anyone telling tell me not to talk about it. You don't want to watch card porn, get them off your feet. Okay. You don't, you have so many options in this hobby. The cardboard coaches like to talk about a little bit of everything. Okay. You want it to, you want to, you want to tune into all these collector channels on YouTube where they're going to show off their latest PC. That's very nice. Inspiring. Go for it. Check that out. You want to watch this empty content, in my opinion, with all the bells and whistles with production values, with these guys that are really focused on how they look. They got to look good. Okay. And they're going to tell you to buy LeBron. If you want to watch that, cardboard coaches ain't going to stop you. Watch it. You have options. So the next time you catch yourself having some issue with, with card porn for whatever reason, even if it's a sinister reason that you're harboring, get them off your feet. The fact that this this, this audacity that I want to get rid of them. I want to crusade to get rid of them. I want to reveal who it is. I don't give a crap who it is. I do not care who card porn is. I, don't, I wouldn't have cared who Patrick Ryan is. If he was bringing that kind of content, he could put on a lucha mask and be el pirayano sejebla espanol I don't know but he could have done that and I still would have been into it I don't need to know who, who card porn is yeah and that's my rant for today Coach I think I it's know. a damn good one and I think ultimately I think I'm having a heart attack now though
0: I think ultimately what we can take from this and it's the same shit that we have on this <laughs> the same advice we have on this channel all the goddamn time and that is yes. just don't blindly follow like the the trends don't blindly follow people do your damn research like yes to a certain extent you have to if you want to be a part of this hobby and like if you want to be uh if you want your collection to be recognized you know by other people like you might have to buy the same shit as everyone else like so just understand that understand <laughs> that like if you're doing that Like, who are you doing it for? And when it comes to, you know, choosing to consume content, if you choose to watch breaking apps nonstop and you happen to see that a lot of people are losing their money during during breaks, maybe stop watching breaks, you know, maybe like, and, and that's not to say that we shouldn't talk about, about losing money during breaks, but like, know that that this is this is this is what this is right like and so i mean that's kind of how it ties into the card porn thing choose what you consume not just in the sports card market or industry or hobby but also in life
1: you know if and, news and, is, and
0: no, if news is getting too deep turn the fucking tv off man
1: like yeah, and also also know know the difference know the difference between between someone giving you information that is in their best interest and just giving you information. I post a lot about UFC. Okay, I've been collecting it since 2009. The first year Tops released it. It is a passion. I have lost money on it. Okay, I sold at the wrong time. I did not know the future and know that Panini was going to buy. I lost out on big money. I share my ups and downs with the UFC stuff and I share my UFC collection and I have a passion for MMA. That is not pumping and dumping. Okay. That is the same, the same way P Ryan presented his stuff on tickets. That being said, I really am high on UFC stuff. Um, And uh, what I was going to mention, you, you had mentioned before we started recording Jorge Masvidal has a deal with Panini and does these breaks. That stuff is awesome. That stuff I love. Who doesn't want to watch one of the athletes actually get involved, right? It's getting big. Now, if it's a bikini model. I have a whole other issue with that. That's a whole other rant. I think that's absolute stupidity. So, but if it's so Corey Maslow
0: it. ripping MMA, that's cool. I think it's cool as hell as well. Teams, awesome. I think that's where we're going to leave it today. I hope you guys enjoyed not just the, the nonstop rants, as always, but the information, the passion that we both exude, and hopefully you, got, you can take something from today and apply it to – you know, in the next few weeks, maybe the rest of your life in the sports car hobby. Hey, copy. hey. I, hope, I hope you guys have a
1: wonderful rest of your day. Cardboard coaches are out.